This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium, you had the Colts who were introducing to its fan base a, a quarterback they drafted fourth overall. They anointed the starter uh, last week before the Bears and, and the Colts had crossover practices in Westfield, Indiana, and Anthony Richardson doesn't play. And then you have the Bears who have, they have a, a quarterback entering his third year. We don't have to you know, restate all that is at stake for Justin Fields this season. And frankly, all that he still has to prove as a downfield passer and all the experience in that. And you have a right tackle as a rookie who has all of seven snaps in preseason, and they don't play. And I'm wondering, what, why? What is the well, purpose? You, you why? Heard, you heard Matt Eberflus's reasoning, right? He's like, I feel like we got enough you know, good practice in, in the, the, the crossover practices with the Colts that we don't need to you know, put our guys through any more I guess, physical stress. And I I sort of understand where he's coming from, per se, because they went hard at the Colts on back-to-back practices. Ooh, back-to-back hard practices with contact and intensity. It is a very different NFL than it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, Two-a-days don't happen anymore. You saw what happened up in Jersey, right? Where, yeah. <laughs> like, we're just not going to do this back-to-back days. It's a little too intense. Don't want to get, get hurt. And, and basically left the team they were playing, uh, the Jets, that was, without a place to practice. They had to go practice with the Gi- at that the was Giants just rude. facility. That, that, that it was, is rude. That was a little rude. A team comes all the way up to do joint practices and has nowhere. They're just lucky it's a two-NFL uh, two team city. Uh, otherwise, if the Giants facility wasn't there, they would not have had a place to practice with a game looming on on Saturday. I I get all the realities. I understand all the complexities, and I know how important it is to keep your top players healthy. I also wonder what guys like Matt Eberflus and Shane Steichen know that guys like Andy Reid and Sean McDermott don't. Because I don't know about you, Marshall, but I saw highlights from Saturday night of Patrick Mahomes playing in a meaningless football game. I also saw highlights of Josh Allen throwing 10 passes in a meaningless football game. Last I checked, those were two of the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League. I think those guys will likely not play in their third preseason games, but I think that Justin Fields will play in it. Now, 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 if Fields doesn't play in the third preseason game, I, I have all kinds of questions. Because... He needs to get the reps with his guys. What are you basing your confidence on that? That he'll play? Yeah. Because he needs to play. Well, I know. <laughs> like that's, but but and that here's, doesn't here's, mean anything today. Here's, here's why I'm, I'm basing my confidence on that. 
unlike a, uh, what's been typical in the preseason, whether you go back to when there were four preseason games, the third week was always the dress rehearsal, and then they had two weeks before the regular season uh, opener. Now, with a week off between the third preseason game and the start of the regular season, I think you've got more time to get it together and say, okay, you go out here, you play a quarter or even a half. This is my hope for Justin Fields. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you've got two weeks to respond and, and get ready for the regular season as opposed to if you play in the final preseason before, final preseason game before, I should say, that you wouldn't have the time. We'll, we'll have – a good discussion about that. It's a, it's a focus of our extra point today. The pick six will address some other things concerning the Bears, including the emergence of the backup quarterback, perhaps controversy, the legend of Tyson Bajant growing. Who doesn't love a quarterback controversy? Any kind. You got to love it. You got to love it. P.J. Walker stunk. His quarterback passer rating through two games is 14. Is that is that's that's also not not that's not, not what ideal. that's not what you want. That's not what you're paying for. He's guaranteed two million dollars. This season, contractually, he's a guy that I I think you owe him the money. I don't know what else you owe him. I don't know that you owe him the opportunity. I don't know if you owe him the benefit of the doubt that he's yet to earn. I do think that you owe all of your fan base, your organization, uh, this chance for a young player who you didn't expect to flash in preseason to be rewarded for flashing in preseason. Tyson Bajant looked the part. His poise... His accuracy and his command on Saturday night in Indy stood out. Okay, two things on that. Tyson Bajant, yes, I, I was following along. That's that's before I tuned out of the uh, me watching the replay of the game later on on Saturday. Um, here's what I ask: Would you rather, after what you've seen and what you know from both these guys, would you rather PJ Walker or would you rather Nathan Peterman? Let's start with that. Okay. That's a good question. I think definitely it's P.J. Walker over Nathan Peterman. I think Nathan Peterman is a camp arm that you brought back because he understands and knows the offense and where to to park at Hallis Hall. Okay, so then is it a P.J. Walker versus Bajent argument, or is it a Bajent versus Peterman? I've seen Peterman on NFL rosters. That actually does make a lot of sense there. And and now we carry, you know, three quarterbacks now after what happened in the the Super Bowl. Or not the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship game. But here's the thing. If you carry three quarterbacks on your 53, then you're you're having one spot that's not occupied by maybe a special teamer, even though – even though not – you can dress three without counting against your active – That's what I was saying. Game day uh, availability, uh, your active game day roster per se. I think that's an interesting thing because if you don't protect Tyson Bajan, I believe, on your 53-man roster, if somebody you leave else? him on the practice squad. You think somebody's going to scoop yes, him up? the I think somebody's going to tie up – is going to scoop up Tyson Purdy in a moment. I mean, you win that Harlan Hill trophy. Everybody's coming after you. Well, you know, it, it's not unheard of in the National Football League for a quarterback who is either undrafted or ba- – Or bagging groceries, the, stocking shelves. Bagging groceries or the last pick of the NFL draft doing something meaningful during the regular season. That is a lesson we all learned, uh, and San Francisco 49ers opponents learned the hard way. And I'm interested to see how it goes. Like I said, I love the quarterback controversy. I don't think it's time yet to be like Tyson Bajan is, you know, going to be the number two quarterback. But I like that Matt Eberflus, all the things maybe we didn't like that he did over the weekend, he left the door wide open for him to win the to possibly be in contention for he the did. number two and job. I, I think the number two quarterback uh, on a team like the Bears matters 
uh, as much as on any team, maybe even more because of the mobility of, of Justin Fields and the, how often he does expose himself to injury. So it's not an argument that you have just for the sake of having an argument. I think it's a position that does carry a lot of importance, and I think that's why when you see a young undrafted rookie showing the command he did in an 18-play touchdown drive at the end of the first half against Indianapolis, even though it was against backups, the lights were on, they were brighter than he's ever been under, and he did not seem phased in the least. And it wasn't the fourth quarter against the bottom, bottom, bottom barrel backups. This is like still first half situation. I, I know it wasn't against the starters for the Colts, but he, he did show you something. And he also showed a lot of teams something, even in his time playing Division II football. And it, it, this kind of cemented the fact, okay, we're, we're not crazy. He's doing it against NFL caliber competition now. And it's going to be the most fascinating thing that I'm going to watch in game three preseason. How much run does he get and what does he do at that time? And can he back it up? Uh, in back-to-back weeks. Dane Brugler from The Athletic wrote a great story on Tyson Bajan back in December at the end of his college season before the NFL draft, pre-draft process began. We're going to talk to him at 745 today. We're also going to get into more of the Tevin Jenkins implications and what that means for the Bears' offensive line that's still working without Nate Davis. So now you have your two starting guards kind of uh, in a state of flux in terms of their availability. A lot of Bears talk today on this Monday morning but, Marshall, you obviously, uh, CBS2, you guys had the weekend, the, the BMW Championship, which was really a tremendous tournament in Chicago at Olympia Fields. You were out there on Saturday. Yesterday, there was more history being made. Victor Hovland shot a 61 to win the tournament, and that's what you want. I think, on one hand, you had the drama that everybody hopes that you have when you host a tournament. I asked you this before the show, and I wonder it now. It was back-to-back days where the, somebody set a record at the course. Is that good for the tournament, or does that say something bad about the tournament or the course, the way it was set up? No, no. See, I understand the the the, the lens you're looking through because, like, this is supposed to be hard. It's the basically the semifinals the of, challenge. The, of the PGA yeah. Tournament. But I think it was guys stepping up to the challenge. I mean, you, you listened to those guys yesterday, Matt Fitzpatrick, former Northwestern golfer, um, and even before that, Max Homa, he shot a 62 three days ago. So it was three days in a row of someone setting or tying a course record. I think it brought out the best in them. And it wasn't just that it was dramatic the way it happened. When you have seven birdies on the back nine, that's somebody coming for your lunch money. And there was nothing that those guys could do. He was in the clubhouse with a two-shot lead. And there was nothing Scotty Scheffler uh, or, or Fitzpatrick could do to to – step up in that moment to catch him. And I, I, th- I thought Victor Hovland put on an absolutely phenomenal display. He called it his best round of golf in his career. That's what you want in these types of moments. So I loved it. And, and the whole time they're like, this course is not easy. I don't know how these guys are doing this. This is different golfers talking about it. And Sunday just happened to be Victor Hovland's turn to put it, pull off the 61. Scheffler and Fitzpatrick shot 15 under. And both lost by two shots. Sixty-six is on the final that's day. That's crazy. That's fine. That's crazy. Now Victor Hovland did that and set a record because this was in the FedEx Championship the lowest round ever shot ever. in a final round to win a tournament. Yeah, which was. And I thought the the post game interviews he handled himself pretty well. Didn't know. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about a Victor Hovland before this tournament, but he did come across as a very likable, confident young golfer. Yeah, you know what? I, I was I was like. <sighs> 
he's 25, but he doesn't sound 25, but he definitely looks 25, but he doesn't he looks sound, pretty young. He looked very comfortable uh, in his post-game, just, uh, sorry, post-round, I guess I should say, uh, interview. And this, I thought this was a great event for Chicago. I thoroughly enjoyed being out there on Saturday. It was a nice breezy Saturday, a little hotter yesterday, but just watching, you know, from my desk at work, I was like, this is what it's supposed to be. Dustin, did you enjoy the golf between uh, mowing the grass and folding your laundry? I did. <laughs> I did. I watched um, more of it than I thought I would yesterday because of the fact that Hovland was making that run. That, that's why that's that he got you, he, he got you to tune in after the Cubs game. I went right. straight to the golf. I, I had to go, uh, you know, be a dad. I had to pick up a daughter. I was running some errands. Thankfully for the CBS app, I was able to watch. Listen to the golf, uh, the TV golf on my on my phone as I was driving. Uh, you know, then the dad of the daughter that my daughter was at. I said, "Get back in the house immediately." <laughs> I said, "They're about there. There could be a there could be a playoff coming." You know, watch the final. I thought hole. that's what was going to happen. Yeah, I, thought I did too. I mean, Scotty Scheffler just kind of got tight at the very end. I Super thought there was title gonna, seventeen. I thought there was going to be a playoff for sure. It was it was fun. You know, again, when you don't oh, have the the oh, the usual on. suspects, it was fun. To, to be able, you knew that there were scores to be had out there. Yeah. So that's what's cool about it. That, yeah. So there's a lead, but you know, once you get to the back nine, if you're within two or three, there's a chance to make a run at it. Now, I know you have outed me as not being the biggest golf fan, and that's not inaccurate at no. all. We're but I did, I did watch yeah. yesterday because of the history being made, and I saw what was going on after the Cub game. I don't know. Did, did Scheffler get tight, or was he more aggressive? And he, that was just because he had to be. Well, that's also probably not his game to be right. that aggressive. That's not. But you did pick. I, I mean, we I have did. to give you credit. That was you my guy. Did. That was your guy. That was my guy. I, I gave Scotty you a Shuffler. little crud because it was a little too chalky for me. But uh, listen, you had him. You picked him. Nobody picked Victor Hovland. Scared money don't make money, right? <laughs> and Victor Hovland came down that back nine like, right. yo, one way or another, I'm, I'm going out my way. And then Scheffler, like I said, on 17, that putt, he could have, like, he knew if he doesn't make the putt, you're going to have to. On a, well, that's a the question. Did, now, did, now, everybody's, of course, he, does he know? Did he know that if he yeah, did make he it? Had he, had to clubhouse. Like, he had to have known. Yeah, right? I, know he, I know what I mean, but I'm saying, like, is his caddy telling him? Is he seeing, oh. is he seeing a leaderboard? Does he, is, is, at that point, do you keep your eyes off of it or you have to keep your eyes on it? I'm just curious how that information it comes to the golfer. Is it the caddy? I mean, he doesn't have, he's not, like, checking his phone. No, no, no. I, I, I assume he knew, you know. Because 17's right next to 18. The way it, you're, and there's big boards and everything. I, I think he knew. But, like, that was the putt. Like, make this putt. You got a chance to get a birdie and, and send this to a playoff. Don't. There was no way he was, unless you hole in on, right. on, on yeah, that's, right. it's not happening. 